0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Launchpad on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Launchpad here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Carl Ulrich. I'm Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, where I teach Entrepreneurship, Innovation, and Product Design. We're going to jump right in. Joining me by Zoom is Hunter Horsley, who's the co-founder and CEO of Bitwise Asset Management. Hunter, thanks for joining me. Yeah, this is great. Thanks, Carl. Do you remember when we first met? Oh, man. I mean, of course, of course, you know, I,
1: I uh, distinctly remember getting to interact with you in, in school and taking your class. And I don't know if you remember, but you're my concentration, uh, my concentration advisor. Um, uh, but no, I don't remember when we first met. When yeah, when first met? I
0: think I, I think it was around seven years ago. I think you had. You would drop. You were a dropout, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But you can, you'd come back to Wharton. You're in my office. You're like, hey, what do I do and what do I take and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's really awesome to see you make good after after yeah. seven
1: years. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm glad you remember that.
0: Okay, so let's let's get right into it. You're the co-founder and CEO of Bitwise Asset or Biz, Bitwise Asset Management. But but your URL. I'm just going to point everyone to your website. It's Bitwise Investments, so just those two words, bitwiseinvestments.com. Hunter, so give us the pitch. Tell us what what Bitwise Asset Management does.
1: Yeah, many people, uh, and increasingly this year, have the view that Bitcoin's interesting, crypto's interesting, um, blockchain is here to stay, and you'd like to have some exposure, but it's uh, a full-time job to be constantly interpreting the news, trying to figure out what the winners are going to be, Uh, and what what different developments mean for whether you should be buying or or selling uh, or what have you. Uh, We launched the first and largest index fund, cryptocurrency index fund uh, in the United States. It's the first publicly traded cryptocurrency index fund, started publicly trading last week, Um, uh, had record volumes last week. Um, And the goal is to make it simple for uh, investment professionals, financial advisors, and individuals who want to participate in the asset class, uh, to do so with a buy the market strategy.
0: Okay. Well, um, we're not gonna. This, I'm sure, you get asked this at every uh, social function, but and we're not gonna go too far down this rabbit hole. But 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 do just give us the the two minutes on what a cryptocurrency is. If you want to pick the most popular one, that that that's fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sure. So. Um, Uh, The most popular cryptocurrency is is Bitcoin. The second most popular is Ethereum. People are familiar in some cases with names like Ripple and and XRP. Today, uh, the asset class is about uh, half a trillion dollars. Uh, What they are, uh, to to the eyes of an investor, um, is uh, you could almost think of them as a a new digital commodity. Um, They've historically had low correlations to other asset classes. Uh, They've historically had uh, uh, high returns, uh, they're very risky, high volatility, um, and and they're liquid, um, which gives them sort of a combination of characteristics uh, that is pretty rare when looking at different asset classes and ways to diversify a portfolio. So through the lens of an investment professional, that's what you know. That's what crypto looks like. Through the lens of a product or uh, a technologist, um, what crypto is 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 a new technology for coordinating um, a network or a market however you wanna think about it. So, so here's the analogy I'll give. Um, if you think about something like Airbnb, you have people posting their supply, you have, uh, you have a way of, of viewing and, and scheduling, uh, and then you have the demand, people looking for inventory. Um, that's coordinated through a corporate a corporation uh, who builds proprietary infrastructure and, and develops that network, that two-sided network of supply and demand. A, a blockchain is basically an innovation on the corporation. Um, that uh, is enabled by certain technology. Um, and uh, that sounds like a lot, it sounds pretty deep in the weeds, but to zoom out um, people are experimenting with using blockchains uh, to create financial services, uh, the ability to open a, a bank account that has no minimum that you can do 24 seven, where you can send money around the world in less than 10 minutes um, and various other applications. So that, okay. that's the lens of a technologist and a product person. The lens of, of, of an investor and allocator though is it's a new asset class with low correlations, high returns, and, and daily liquidity.
0: Yeah. And, and we don't even really need to go down the blockchain route necessarily here, because from your, from your point of view, um, your fund is, is a basket of these currencies, of these cryptocurrencies. Um, and these currencies, they could be thought of as a currency like the euro or the dollar or any other currency, uh, any so called fiat currency. At least from the perspective of what you what you guys are doing.
1: So so uh, so, so we actually think that, that crypto has sort of unintentionally stepped into a bit of the wrong analogy with the name cryptocurrency. Uh, I see. Uh, we, we, we like to refer to them as crypto assets, but the the, the, the better framing I would say is that um, the the coins themselves, the, the the cryptocurrencies, the crypto assets, they're almost like oil that you need to power a car. And the car is the blockchain. People want to uh. use the Bitcoin blockchain to transfer balances around the world to hold their money in, a, in an offshore bank account. Um, they want to use that blockchain. To use the blockchain, you need, you need the oil that powers it, and that's the cryptocurrency. So it's, it's the currency of that network. Um, but it's not, it's not necessarily, and, and certainly many cryptocurrencies are not attempting to sort of compete with the dollar uh, or other fiat currencies. They're not attempting to be used to buy coffee. They're not attempting to be used to pay for dinner at a restaurant. Um, and i do think that's created a fair amount of cognitive dissonance and confusion um, around the the space where people are using some of the wrong heuristics to judge progress i think at this point if people are saying um i can't use cryptocurrency to buy coffee uh probably looking in the wrong place um, and may realize too late that that was never um never never the most important uh milestone or uh or you know uh uh, application use case so um so I think thinking of them as, as commodities, uh, but digital commodities is, is probably the most appropriate uh, mental model to, to, uh, to have for them.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So in fact, that was a confusion in my own mind. So your argument is, if we were to take Bitcoin as an, as an example, uh, Bitcoin is literally the liquid that floats the boat uh, of, the, right. of the blockchain. And the interesting <laughs> thing about Bitcoin is there's a finite amount of it. And so uh, and that's what gives it value, presumably, or that's what. Yeah, that's that's right. So so in the case of Bitcoin, it's it's again confusing the space has done a
1: number of disservices to itself. uh, Carl, I think the nomenclature of cryptocurrency has unnecessarily antagonized it towards fiat currencies. The other disservice is that so um, there's a blockchain and there's a cryptocurrency that you have to use to interact with the blockchain. For, for Bitcoin, they're both called Bitcoin. One has a lowercase b and the other has an uppercase b, and it's impossible to parse uh, the difference I- in conversation. Ethereum Ethereum is the name of the blockchain, and Ether is the name of the cryptocurrency. Um, uh, so for different, for different uh, assets and blockchains, it, it's a little bit easier to, to, uh, to separate the asset, which many people buy as an investment, uh, from the blockchain, which is the utility um, or infrastructure that, that that asset allows you to use.
0: All right, great. And and what is your indexing principle? So we we understand, I think, how the Vu or something would work, which is, is a weight, mm-hmm. a capital. Uh, it's a market cap weighted index of the five hundred biggest firms listed in the U.S. What is what is uh, how what's your indexing strategy? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the 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 goal of the index and the, the index fund is called the Bitwise Ten Crypto Index Fund. The ticker is BITW. The goal is for an investor who says, I think crypto is compelling and here to stay. I don't have time to figure it all out. I just want to be on the right side of however it plays out, whichever ones are the winners or however many win. Um, The goal is to to position investors for that. So what does the index do uh, to deliver on that? Um, It market cap weights the top 10 assets. So today it holds primarily Bitcoin. Around 75% Bitcoin, it holds 13% Ethereum, which is the second largest asset, and then the remaining 12%, whatever the balance is there, across the other top eight. It screens assets for a number of non-obvious operational risks that you won't want to be taking uh, as an investor. So those are things like, is there sufficient liquidity in the market? Is the price discovery happening through a liquid market, or is this thing you know, very thinly traded and the price can jump around quite a bit and you can't actually move money in and out? That's one, uh, uh, can it be securely held by a regulated insured custodian is another. Um, we look at regulatory risks. Uh, so there's a number of screens applied, then market cap weighted, and then it's rebalanced on a monthly basis. So the space changes pretty rapidly. And um, as a result of that, uh, rebalancing the, the index helps you capture an up and comer uh, more quickly than if it reconstituted annually like the S&P 500 does. There's governance as well, which is important to many people. The former head of indexes at S the former head of indexes at Bloomberg, the former editor in chief of the Journal of Indexes, all sit on the index governance board, um, and so there's active oversight uh, as well, um, uh, looking at events in the space and and uh, and the methodology, um, all of which is public.
0: All right, very cool. And the analogy is, I mean, I I I, I bought a, I bought some some crypto assets you know back back a, a few years ago and you can go to coinbase you can assemble an index yourself but just like i could assemble a portfolio of stocks myself um or mm-hmm. i could buy an index fund you're you allow people to just buy the index and not have to manage individual assets
1: yeah, yeah for many people at first it's sort of uh, fascinating and exciting to to sort of sink your teeth into thinking about specific coins but uh, this fund allows you to have an exposure without having to pick winners or constantly monitor developments.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned uh, uh, that there's there are recommendations that that most investors should have some exposure to crypto assets. Someone quite fa- famous was it, Dalio? Somebody uh, went publicly stated, I think everyone should have some exposure to to, to 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 crypto assets. So this has been a real sea change in the last year or so. Yeah, a-
1: ab- absolutely. I think many people heard about crypto in 2017, and you remember the phrase tulip bubble was a very oh, yeah. popular phrase yeah. at the time that has somehow uh, evaporated from the conversation. But um, you know, I think many people saw it and, and, and reasonably looked at it and said, this is crazy. You know, this thing is moving uh, 10%, 15% a week. We don't know how to value it. None of the sort of institutions around it are people we've ever dealt with before. What are we supposed to do here? But many people found out about it and have their sort of first impression from that moment in time. Um, right. A lot has happened between then and now. So for example, you can, you can hold your, your assets with Fidelity. Fidelity has a regulated insured custodian uh, that will hold digital assets for you. That's, that's a world away from what it was in 2017. And there's actually now yeah. 10 or 12 regulated custodians. And to your point, there's a number of uh, well-known investors who have now invested in the asset class. So last week it came out that Mass Mutual, the famous uh, uh, insurance company, Uh, had purchased crypto, the first publicly traded corporate um, purchased crypto this year. That's a company called MicroStrategy. Um, Stan Drunkenmiller, um, if you're familiar with him from from Soros, uh, 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 disclosed that he has an investment in crypto. Paul Tudor Jones this year um, announced that he had put uh, crypto into his fund. Um, I think a large portion of the top 20 endowments have exposures uh, to crypto at this point. So it's happening and it's sort of happening in a more Snowballing, but but yeah. uh, behind the scenes way than, than um, you know than, than the headlines that most people are familiar with from from their experience in 2017.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, let's let's take us back to uh, whatever it was about five years ago. Where did you start? Four, four or five years ago, you were a product manager at at Facebook. How does a product That's manager right. at Facebook become head of a of an index fund?
1: That's a new a index great. fund
0: in a new asset class. Yeah,
1: That's a great it's a great question. Um uh well you know so so so, so yeah so, so I so I I left Wharton uh where uh had had the pleasure of, of uh spending time with you. Uh went to went to Instagram as a product manager, uh, and then after that Facebook before starting the company. At Instagram, one of the similarities is that so I, I was at Instagram at 70 million in revenue and left it a billion in revenue. Wow. Um and uh I was just lucky it was the right place at the right time. Um and you know, a funny, a funny symmetry is that we were we were selling digital ads to institutional advertisers, um, and they looked at the, the the metrics, right? The CTRs, the impressions, the audience sizes, um, the conversions, and the metrics were killer. Um, and they, uh, you know, they, they looked at, they heard about the inventory, fantastic, um, the prices, fantastic. But emotionally, many of the institutional ad buyers just couldn't really. Believe that you could take a billboard budget or a magazine budget or a TV budget and uh, seriously deploy it into a little app on a little phone that their nephew or niece uses uh, to post photos of their lunch. Um, <laughs> and so, so there's there's sort of a period of uh, sort of the emotional reality catching up to the objective truths that you could you could tell you know you could tell advertisers and they'd say those numbers are great. I just don't know. Um, And uh, similarly today in crypto, we talk about digital assets with institutional investors Um, and it's somewhat, it's been a somewhat similar journey over the last four years where you say, look, the correlations are low, it's liquid. Uh, It has a a track record of great returns. That doesn't mean they're guaranteed. It's volatile. But if you put this, if you model putting this into a portfolio um, because of the low correlations, it does magical things. Um, It can even reduce the volatility of the overall portfolio. Um, at very small sizes, it can do it even more impactfully because it is so volatile, uh, a 1% allocation uh, to crypto can have a bigger impact than a 5% allocation to gold, uh, delivering some of those same attributes at a smaller size and where the worst case, the total loss scenario is 1% one year. Um, And people hear that and they say, you know, that sounds incredibly attractive, but there must be something I'm missing, or, you know, we don't buy digital assets, so... um, I think that there's been some symmetry there, but the, the journey, the journey, you know, specifically was circuitous. Um, I worked, uh, at Instagram, then went over to Facebook, um, there I worked on branded content, which is a, which is a new way of monetization for digital creators. Um, uh, and I could say a lot about that. I think it's fascinating space and it's a burgeoning space. Um, uh, and then, uh, Uh, got lucky again and was asked to figure out how we put ads into videos on Facebook. Uh, Video is taking off You know, Facebook was sort of born in a, in a text in a world where there's a lot of text. It stepped into a world uh, that was about photos. It transitioned into a world. If you remember the IPO uh, of mobile and moved all the revenue to mobile, and now they're they're dealing with a world that is all about video. And so the question was, how can we monetize video? Um, I pitched pre-roll, post-roll, and mid-roll to Zuck, Cheryl, and, and uh, the executive team. Uh, wow. As you can imagine, I was very nervous. <laughs> they shot down most of the ideas, but ultimately uh, went with uh, commercial breaks. so mid-roll. Um, and then uh, one of my close friends from from Penn, who is an engineer, did software security in the military infrastructure at Google said, why don't you quit your job and we'll start a company? And I said, no way. <laughs> You've, done that. You've done that before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, you
1: fooled me twice. Um, <laughs> Uh um, but I love my job. I was so lucky. I love my, my colleagues, I love the work I got to do at Facebook, um, felt very fortunate. And uh, but you know how the story ends. Um, so there were there were there were two investors who offered to invest if if I would quit my job. Um, that was an investor named Alad Gill and uh another named Davichel Garg. Um, and we decided that we would regret it if we didn't try it. Fast forward a tiny bit. If you're two, your software uh, entrepreneurs in San Francisco looking for something uh, worthwhile to build in, in 2017, sooner or later you stumble upon a crypto. So,
0: cool. That that's a great story. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Today, I'm joined by Hunter Horsley, who's the co-founder and CEO at Bitwise Asset Management. Um, so, Hunter, that's that's a great story, and it. There are a lot of stories of people in Silicon Valley taking on industries in which they have no experience. But this is a regulated industry. So tell us did, first of uh, all, the first question I have is did you know when you went into it that you were going to build an index fund for crypto? And then secondly, what are the steps you take to build to build a regulated security like this?
1: Yeah. So we didn't we didn't I think, like many people, our first encounter with crypto was haphazard. Because mm-hmm. actually a friend a friend from Penn who was working at a stat arm head fund said, hey, there's 60% spreads in crypto, do you remember that Bitcoin thing? And I said, no, but that doesn't sound right. Um, and so, so we started out trading and arbitraging those spreads and that's not what we're doing today, but it's what gave us a moment to pause and think about, is this a space that we want to root for? Is this something that we want to you know, make part of our careers? Um, uh, and uh, meet people doing things in the space, and ultimately, we decided that we wanted to to, to contribute um, to the space and and uh, and build something. Um, and the thing that we saw, uh, which is which is what led us to what we're doing now, is um, you know colleagues, friends who are executives in tech, in, in financial services, people who had money to invest, who, who you know are willing to take risk in investments and are fairly savvy, had a con- you, know, you know a, a, a common uh, view, which is. I don't have time to figure this all out. I want, you know, I want to invest, right. but I can't be constantly monitoring this stuff. And we asked ourselves, you know, how do most people get exposure to uh, idiosyncratic and, and esoteric asset classes, junk bonds, munis, emerging markets, REITs, commodities? Well, the answer is that many people uh, work with a financial advisor use an index fund or work with a financial advisor who uses an index fund. And we looked around and there were apps for doing it yourself. You could download an app like Coinbase. It makes it very easy. It's a great solution for many people. On the other end of the spectrum, there are venture capital funds and hedge funds for endowments, uh, very wealthy families uh, who wanted to pick a specific manager they trusted. But in between, you have three hundred thousand financial advisors in the U.S. managing uh, between ten and twenty trillion dollars for uh, for people um, and and stewarding their investable wealth. and And those uh, that that cohort uses mutual funds, index funds, ETFs, SMAs, and we, we saw that there was sort of this this middle path that nobody was was really paying attention to so that's how that's we wound up there as a bit of a, a long-winded uh long-winded segue but uh, uh, the, the 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 question about um you know what do you do when, when approaching a, a regulated space in which you have uh no expertise um you know the the, the and that's that's the right way of, of viewing viewing the challenge we had to bring on experienced people so yeah. Bitwise today is a very small firm and has a five-person executive team. Um, and the executive team has between 10 and 20 years of experience uh, in the space um, uh, per person. Um, and then we try to surround ourselves with great backers, investors, and, and a lot of lawyers as well. Yeah.
0: So I, I, I have some questions about that that process, but I want to I wanna take you back to when you were conceiving of what it was you were gonna do. And conventionally we'd say in entrepreneurship either immerse yourself in the customer's world, really understand your customer, or sometimes we say build something you, you would want. And sometimes that, that scales. Um, did, did you do, what, what, did, what was your approach to, to, to figuring out what it is you wanted to build? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think that we, I think it was a bit of both and I would have recommended more of one or the other. Yeah. So, um, uh, Ultimately, we were building a product for for someone other than ourselves, the primary user of index funds, um, people accessing crypto through a brokerage account, to put it in a retirement account, to put it into a trust, um, uh, and then financial advisors and investment professionals. Um, We ourselves were were comfortable using the new tools being built for crypto, right? Things like uh, like Coinbase. and so it was a bit of both. We had, you know, we, we had the conviction that this was an asset class that was increasingly going to reveal itself to investors as, as a part of the future, not the whole future, but a part of the future and something they want to participate in. So that was a, you know, personal conviction. Um, and then in talking to financial advisors and people who uh, wanted exposure, um, that's how we, we, we saw this opening in the market.
0: Yeah. And then what... Was there an equivalent of an MVP or is this the kind of thing you got to spend five years building it before you can actually get any experience with whether the dogs eat the dog food?
1: Yeah, that's a a good question. So we we went from deciding what we were going to do to announcing it and launching it in four months. Um, We then raised the seed round in about a month. So we got the first thing out the door pretty quickly. I think that it is fair to say that... um, it is not.
0: It did not have all the features that people people wanted. Wait, um, wait, let, let me just pause you for a minute. And the first thing was not a publicly traded index fund. That's right. So the first thing
1: we introduced was a private index fund. Ah. um It was only available to high net worth individuals, accredited investors, um, and had uh, subscriptions and redemptions, but um, didn't trade in brokerage accounts. So it's more uh, like now, a
0: partner, like a partnership. You're just joining an investment partnership to do, do this thing. Yeah.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and so we set that up, uh, uh, pretty quickly, um, knowing that these additional features of being available publicly trading, um, would be valuable, but wanting to be in the market as quickly as possible and to start build the brand, uh, and, um, and to build the business, um, and to work with, with customers, uh, it took, it's taken a, a long time between then and now, uh, last week, uh you know is it three years later last week uh the fund started publicly trading um december 9th um yeah we so got it we gotta we gotta to, to get there
0: we gotta follow that that thread hunter because i was watching it on twitter it was very amusing to watch your tweets but uh t- so tell us what it was like for so tell us what it's like to launch a fund and and watch it uh start to trade yeah. the the,
1: bi- the biggest i think the biggest uh the biggest change for us is we've gone from controlling everything to having this giant thing we don't control, which is the public market, Yeah. Um, right? We don't know who's buying shares in the secondary market. We don't know why, we don't know when, um, uh, we don't know what they're expecting, what they believe. Um, and that's just so different from a private partnership, right, where uh, investors, and, and investors can still invest directly with us um, into the fund uh, today, uh, those investors, we do KYC, AML, accreditation checks. Uh, right, they sign a document, they read a, a prospect, a PPM, um, yeah. and they have a direct line of communication with them. So I think the biggest, the biggest change is just suddenly so much about your reputation, uh, about your your you know your brand, your business, uh, the people who are using your product being something that is is uh, sort of completely out of our control. Um, that was the, the most stark thing. But we were also thrilled. Um, because it, you know, as I mentioned, it is out of our control, but, uh, it, uh, it had a, a, a huge reception by the market. It traded $67 million, uh, in the first three days. Um, it's the, the most liquid, the most highly traded, uh, public, uh, crypto fund launch, uh, in history. Um, and by Friday it was, uh, it was the fourth most traded security on the trading venue, yeah. um, behind Roche and Air Canada and GBTC.
0: All right, so I I, I got to ask, sir, a, a newbie dumb question. But sixty-seven million trades. But um, do you? How do you make that market? That is, are there people who had already purchased? Do you do like a like when you do an IPO, you have institutional investors who are then going to sell their shares, or do you? At the end of the day, uh, how, how does the market actually get made on an hour yeah. hour by hour or meant by mint basis? Yeah,
1: there's you know there's there's a lot of depth. That we could go through here so you have to stop me um and i'll I'll just try to give a a straightforward answer to that question which is um uh the 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 structure here is not an etf it's not a closed-end fund it's more similar to a closed-end fund but uh effectively the structure is there is a private partnership that accredited investors Ah. can invest into through a private placement where they buy shares at the net asset value or nav so the value of the crypto holdings they buy shares they get the shares they then uh, are locked up for 12 months. They cannot sell ah. shares at that point. They become unrestricted. And if they would like to, they can trade in the secondary market that operates, you know, it's not something that we control. It's not something, uh, but the fund has a secondary market for its securities, for its shares. And after 12 months, an investor can enter that market and participate, um, uh, as they like. So, uh, when it starts trading, when it started trading, what was, you know, taking place, there is shareholders who had unrestricted shares. Were um, uh, you know uh, facing off with uh, with investors who wanted uh, exposure to the fund and who wanted to
0: buy those shares? Okay, but just one more weedy question then: why, why would I buy on the secondary market and not just buy from you? Were there were there differences in prices? There must have been because there's a difference in liquidity, right?
1: Yes, yeah, there, there are differences between the two, um, and there's a lot of nuance to it. So it's it's yeah. uh, it's a product that we focus on financial advisors, investment professionals as our audience, and, and we encourage people to, you know, to confront that there are a lot of risks with the product and complexity with the product. Um, so so the distinct distinctions, ticker BITW, the Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, is this, those shares can trade in a brokerage account, right? So, so there's a lot of convenience and access that comes with that. Yeah. Uh, that's trading at a market price that is set by the buyers and sellers in that market. We report that price on our website, bitwiseinvestments.com, um, and uh, that. So that's one avenue. The other avenue um, is uh, also through bitwiseinvestments.com. Accredited investors. So th- this I is see. not not everyone, but accredited investors can do the private placement. It's a it's a heavier process, as you as you well know, right? There's a there's a, a long PPM. Uh, you, you have to prove uh, accreditation with with certain documents, KYC, AML, uh, a sub doc, you know, a a, a, DocuSign, a wire transfer, um, and then you're locked up for twelve months. I Those investors, however, buy shares at the net asset value, so they buy shares at the holdings at the value of the holdings per share. Um, so there are different attributes to to either approach. Uh, the secondary market happens
0: without us. Uh, yep.
1: We work with investors who want to. Uh, uh, Create shares through the private placement.
0: Great. Well, we're we're almost out of time, so let me just uh, wrap up with this question. What what can we look forward to in this space in the future, and from and from Bitwise, and in particular, you said it isn't an ETF, but is that are we going there? Yeah. We so so one of the things we're best known for in the industry is we worked on an ETF very publicly
1: for a year and a half, um, and the SEC wasn't ready to approve one. Mm. We've since continued working with the SEC and are committed to one day having uh, a, an exchange trade fund. Now that will be a Bitcoin only fund. So we'll not oh, deliver this, this same strategy. And so we expect that those would exist alongside each other. So that's something to look for from us. We have other product development uh, happening. Zooming out, looking at the space. Um, I think that 2021 is is likely to be the year that the crypto becomes this sort of, uh, why haven't you questioned, uh, yeah. as opposed to a why would you? PayPal announced that they are rolling out to their users Paypal is one of the largest financial institutions uh, in the US, right? It's bigger than every bank other than uh, JP Morgan. It's bigger than BAML. It's bigger than Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, UBS, Citi. Um, So I think that you'll see more movement from the banks. Um, Already, a lot of the the fintech companies have have come into the space. Um, And and then we mentioned earlier, macro hedge fund investors, endowments, even an insurance company now, there's a pension uh in virginia that has allocated the space so i th- i think that it takes time right for all of that to make its way everyone is busy uh has a lot going on this is for most people a one to five percent allocation so it takes time for that to seep into the public um knowledge but uh i think that the the macro backdrop has, ha- has has provoked people to look around and say maybe i should be doing something different what else could i be doing and uh has created an environment where that momentum can land on very fertile soil.
0: All right, well, where can our listeners go to learn more? Say they wanna invest, they wanna check it out, they wanna learn more, where do they go?
1: Sure, yeah, our website is bitwiseinvestments.com.
0: The ticker is B-I-T-W, so those are two great places. All right, Hunter, thanks so much for making the time. Super interesting. 100%, thank you. Okay, we're gonna take a short break. I'm Carl Ulrich, and this is Launchpad on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.